Welcome to Are We Europe Readouts. Today we're reading a story from our latest print magazine, Unsilenced, the colonialism issue. It explores Europe's relationship with its colonial past and present. Second-class citizens, the plights of Afro-Italians, read and written by Vivian Iroania. Bella Italia. As an Italian of Nigerian descent, why is my dual identity not recognized? Why are my fellow Afro-Italians seen as outsiders? The tragic murder this September of 21-year-old Willy Montiero Duarte, a black Italian beaten to death by notorious gangi Colifero on the outskirts of Rome, made Italy once again face its unsolved issues of race and colonialism. Violence does not only occur in America, said the group Neri Italiani, or Black Italians, in the aftermath of the murder. Also here in Italy, black lives matter. I grew up in Padua, in northeast Italy. My history classes at school were filled with lessons on the world wars, but Italian colonialism was never properly discussed. This educational eraser strikes me as one of the primary forces driving how Afro-Italians are mistreated today. Italy's majority white male media is an obstacle to full representation of Afro-Italian experiences and real conversations about race. Foreign Minister Luigi Di Maio can get away with blackface jokes and Italian papers still publish the N-word in Italian, uncensored. In June 2020, Italian singer Irama said the word twice during a live television monologue in honour of Judge Floyd. Italy's racism conversation is still at a point where it needs to include why it is never okay for a white person to say this word. If this is not an eloquent representation of the level of discourse on racism in Italy, we do not know what is, writes Vice Italy. Untold history. From 1882 to 1939, the Kingdom of Italy expanded into Eritrea, Somalia, Libya, Ethiopia and Albania. The 60 years of colonialism were filled of abominable crimes. Almost 1 million people died in these colonies. At the massacre of Addis Ababa, 19,000 Ethiopians were brutally killed and their homes burned down. One of Italy's monstrous colonial laws was the Madamato Law, which allowed Italian soldiers to buy young African girls. Journalist Idri Montanelli bought and married a 12-year-old Eritrean girl while serving in the 1936 Second Italo-Ethiopian War. She was a docile, tiny animal, he wrote in a column in 2000. A 14-year-old is a woman already, and those of 20 years of age and older are old women. A Sentinelli di Milano, an anti-discrimination movement, has called for the removal of his statue in Milan. It is time to put an end to this offence to this city and its democratic and anti-racist values. It was only in 1997 that Italian President Oscar Luigi Scalfaro expressed his regret over the 1936 invasion and five-year occupation of Ethiopia, describing it as a mistake. This may be a step ahead of many other European countries, but it is not enough to ratify the damage still felt today. The risky journey to Italy. From 1850 to 1880, more than 1,500 African babies were brought to Italy by the slave masters of God, a religious group that believed it was their duty to buy slaves and educate them in Italy. A century later, between 1980 and 1990, two million Africans immigrated to Italy. My parents arrived from Nigeria in 1997, seeking better opportunities for me and my siblings. But arriving in Italy as a migrant is grueling and mortally dangerous. Libya, Italy's former colony, a country many migrants pass through, is facing a humanitarian crisis. In 2019, the UN reported that more than 1,000 refugees had died trying to cross the Mediterranean. In the same year, Amnesty International revealed that Italy had breached human rights obligations by encouraging Libya's Coast Guard to return migrants to detention centres where they suffered serious abuse and torture. It is often only NGOs 
who ensure that their most basic needs are met. Those who make it to Italy mostly become migrant laborers in agriculture, paid 1 to 3 euros per hour. Approximately 100,000 of them live in 50 to 70 filthy slums in conditions described as a modern form of slavery, with no running water, electricity or waste disposal. In the past six years, more than 1,500 laborers have died in these fields. The story of 37 Mohammed Ben Ali, a farm worker from Senegal who died in a fire in the slum of Burgo, Mezzanotte in Puglia, in southern Italy, went viral last summer. We must put a stop to the exploitation of migrant workers, which makes it possible for Italian tomatoes to be sold at a low cost worldwide. Italian doctors from Doctors with Africa CUAMM, Italy's leading healthcare NGO, wrote in 2019 in the British Medical Journal, what is the cost of these products? A long way to go. In his piece in Sistema Critico, displaying the colonial event, historian Alessandro Trulsi writes, Today's Italy is far from being a post-colonial country that has reckoned with its past. Its colonial memory is shattered and weak, paradoxically distant, and yet more troubled today than in the past by new forms of confusion, regeneration and self-absolution. Many claim Italy's racism originated from colonialism, but the erasure of Afro-Italian history was also a hidden catalyst for subsequent anti-immigration policies, discrimination and xenophobia. An example is the lack of use solely, right of territory, a legal mechanism guaranteeing the right of children born in the country to claim citizenship. This applies in the United States and United Kingdom, but not in Italy. Its absence is one of the biggest challenges facing Afro-Italians today. Open democracy describes it as politics of metaphorical white children causing maximum damage to real-life black and brown ones. There are over one million Italian-born black and brown children who cannot claim birthright citizenship. Many Afro-Italians leave Italy in search for a better future. I left too. So did many of my friends. We moved to the United Kingdom, the top destination for most Afro-Italians. I remember crying at the thought of leaving, wondering why there weren't opportunities for me, a 15-year-old black girl, to reach my full potential. Too often, Italy society operates on nepotism, not merit. There are few to no job opportunities for Afro-Italians. Then there's the discrimination and racism. I grew up not seeing a single black broadcaster on Italian TV, but I was determined to be a journalist and change the narrative. For far too long, Italians have forged the myth that they are brava gente. But where is the good in excluding a section of the population and omitting from education the colonial history that still affects millions of Afro-Italians? Many of us, the sons, daughters and grandchildren of migrants from Italy's colonial playground, have only one place we call home, Italy. We have, for decades, felt like unwelcomed outsiders, why would good people be comfortable with this? Do you like listening to our stories? Dive into all our readouts from this issue or previous ones. Or listen to our original stories at our main RV Europe channel. Just search for it wherever you get your earful of audio. And don't forget to sign up as a member at rweeurope.com member. As a member, you will connect with storytellers across the continent and be first in line for all our special multimedia stories and events. You'll also receive our beautiful print magazine four times a year. So go ahead and sign up at rweeurope.com slash member.